Hello, this is Christopher Eck. I am the lead pastor at Bethany Covenant Church in Bedford, New Hampshire. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this message inspires, helps, and encourages you as you seek to live your life with Jesus. For more information about our church or to support the ministry, visit BethanyCovenant.com. Enjoy the message. Do you know what the third Sunday of Advent means? It means that Christmas is only 14 days away, two weeks. Now, I know for some of you, you aren't anxious like I am, and that you have bought all your presents, you've wrapped them, put bows and ribbons on them, they're all labeled, and they're all ready to go under the tree. Well, well done, high achievers. That's not me. I have less than two weeks to finish my shopping list and to wrap the presents and get them ready for Christmas Day. Now, I thought this year would be different. In fact, I don't know about you, but every year I come up with a plan how to have less stress and more joy in Christmas. And my plan was set in July. Here's the first step I had with my plan. I communicated with all my family that I wanted their Christmas list by August 31st. So that way I'd have ample time to buy them their favorite gifts, their top choices, well before Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Now, I have to tell you, I didn't get everyone's gifts. In fact, a couple of you, if you want me to buy you something for Christmas, you better get it to me because I don't know what you want. So I got the gifts. My plan was now to take time and enjoy the season while I found those gifts that people wanted. So my second part was to start ordering online or going to stores and taking time to think about how a person would receive the gift and enjoy it. And they feel that they were invited into my love. And then I would get the gifts. And the second part was to hide the gifts in a new secret place at home. You might be wondering why it has to be a new hiding place. Well, you see, in the past, Mary would hate it when she'd find the unwrapped gifts that I was ready to give her. And she'd be like so mad. She'd say, JT, you did it again. I don't want to see the gifts before Christmas. <sighs> okay, I would say, Mary, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's that I'm a bad hider or maybe you snoop a little too much. But this time, I promised myself I'd be more careful in my response. And I'd be like, Yes, Mary, I'm sorry. I'll do better in the future. So then the last part of my adventure, getting ready for Christmas, would be to wrap the gifts, to put special tags on them, and to put ribbons and bows. And then I put them back into the secret place. And I make sure I have all the gifts accounted for on my spreadsheet. And then Christmas Eve would come, and all the presents that everyone else had are under the tree, and I wait till everyone is asleep and I go and get my gifts and add the presents to the bounty so that in the morning all my family would see even more presents and be surprised and delighted to receive gifts on Christmas morning. And of course, as I walk through the long lines and encounter the limited supplies, many things on back order, I realize that my season of joy was being tested every moment of every day. But I knew that God was present and active in my life, and I had a choice to respond differently. And I did my best to respond with love and care and sensitivity. But I thought, 
as I reflected back to past Christmases, and I hope that this year would be different, that people would not open a gift and say, oh, do you have the gift receipt? That's not exactly what I wanted. Can I return it? And then I had to do some of my own self-reflection. Sometimes I got a gift that I wasn't too excited for, and I'd open it and be like, oh, thanks. But as I prayed in July and I planned for Christmas to be filled with more joy this year, I was hopeful, and I am hopeful, as we're not yet at Christmas Day, that this year people would open up the gifts and go, wow, that's great. That's exactly what I wanted. How did you know? I'll treasure that forever. Dad, that's so, 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 so special. Thank you. Don't we all hope that the gifts we give show our love behind them? That when people receive them, they'll be invited to understand how much we care for them and how thoughtful we were to be able to buy what they wanted and to take the time to wrap the gifts so that they can enjoy them? A very good friend of mine actually would not wrap any of the gifts. It was his family tradition to go and buy all the presents and keep them hidden away. And then at Christmas Eve, when everyone was asleep, they'd take all the unwrapped gifts and put them on a couch, chair, and around the Christmas tree so that all the kids on Christmas morning would run in and just start playing with all the gifts. And I said to him, wait a minute, you don't wrap your gifts and he said, no. And I said, why don't you wrap your presents? And he says, why take the time or spend the money? All kids want to do is start playing with the gifts and have fun right away. So whether you take the time to wrap your gifts or not, may they be received in love this Christmas season. Well, we are in the season of Advent, and our sermon series has been unwrapped. And we've been learning that God is present he is here in every moment of every day. And that he invites us to understand that he loves us and he wants us to receive his love, his hope, his joy, and his peace. And that invitation is not only for you, it's for me, it's for everyone. And that as we come to know God, we can invite him and allow him to say that you can join my life and follow Jesus. So if you haven't had a chance to hear about Unwrapped, I would encourage you to go online and check out last two weeks or listen to them with our podcast. The first week is titled The Present, and the second week is The Invitation, and today is The Response. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you today feeling so many different things. Some of us are excited and expectant for the season of Christmas. Other, other of us are hard-hearted and stubborn and not sure what Christmas will bring. Some of us are sad and we're uncertain of what it means to have grief as we've lost loved ones this past year. We pray no matter what we're feeling that you will be with us now and you will be present in our minds our hearts, and our souls so that we can receive new blessings, new courage, and new blessings of this day. In your name we pray. Amen.
Well, as I was waiting in one of the Christmas lines to buy the gifts for my family, I actually started to imagine, and perhaps you've had the same daydream, and that is to imagine that you're in God's throne room. You're standing before the Lord, Father, Son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and all the angels who make up the heavenly host. And you're standing there in the brilliant glory of God's throne room. And it doesn't take much imagination to see them all singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then one day the Lord comes in and they're all waiting in the locker room. And he says, it's time. It's time for you to go. To go and tell the world that my son is coming. It's time to go and tell them that Jesus is going to be born as a human being. And you can picture the angels are all excited. They're actually glowing more radiantly. They're buzzing more loudly and they're going, go and tell, go and tell, go and tell. And they're all like, Lord, send me. We're ready to go. And the Lord says, now wait a minute, guys. You know only one of you can go because one angel alone causes fear for human beings. And then he sees Gabriel just bouncing and Gabriel's hand is up high and he says, Gabriel, you are prepared, you are willing, and you're able. Go find Zechariah. So he goes and finds Zechariah ministering in the temple in the Holy of Holies before the Lord. And the Gabriel, the angel, appears before Zechariah and Zechariah is scared and he starts buckling his knees and he's trembling and the angel says, do not be afraid. The Lord has answered your prayers. You are going to have a baby. Now some of us are slow to respond to God's invitation. We hesitate when he invites us into redemptive history for humanity. This is what happened with Zechariah. He might have taken a step back and pondered the, the, the truth that the angel said, you will have a baby. And he was slow in his reaction, and he said with a question, does God know how old I am? Does he know how old my wife Elizabeth is? We're well beyond childbearing age. Hey, angel Gabriel, do you have the right person? I think you've been sent to the wrong couple. And with that, the angel silenced him. And he would be silent until his son John would be born. And Gabriel goes back up to the throne room. And he's sitting there singing, holy, holy, holy. And then the Lord comes back out. And they're all saying, go and tell, go and tell. And the Lord says, Gabriel, now go find Mary. And there's Mary, waiting, anxious. She's been praying and she's fully devoted to the Lord. Like many of us, grow up in the church. We worship regularly. We're expecting God to do things in our lives. And there was Mary, expectant. And the angel shows up and says that you are highly favored, that God has chosen you. You will bear a son and he will be the Savior to the world. And at first she just pondered and marveled at what the angel was saying but then like anyone she was terrified and the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary you have found favor with God 
You will be with child and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus, and he will be great and will be the son of the Most High. And in her response, she too asked a question. But it wasn't a question of inaction. She didn't step away from God. She actually was just sincerely open to him working in her life. And she's like, how could that be? I'm a virgin. And the angel said to her, you will be overcome by the Holy Spirit and will have God's son. And so will your cousin Elizabeth, who is old. She will bear a child too. Because nothing is impossible for God. Mary was filled with such joy. And out of her response to God, she obediently left and she went to Elizabeth's house. And we pick up the story of this first part of Christmas. When Mary enters Elizabeth's home, who is married to Zechariah. Let's go to Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45 to see Elizabeth's response to God's invitation. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Some respond slowly. Others respond quickly. And some respond with encouragement. Elizabeth's response was to encourage Mary. She said, Mary, you are blessed to be able to have God's son. We sing to the baby child, Lord at thy birth. Elizabeth was declaring Lord in Mary's womb. In fact, she said that her own baby that she was carrying was so excited, was dancing, and was bursting with such joy in the presence of God's Son that she couldn't contain it. And she's like, you are blessed, Elizabeth. And then she continued her encouragement because that wasn't enough. Because you believe God's promises would come true. You are faithful and obedient. And thank you for coming to share the wonderful news that God is moving and he's bringing salvation to the world. Once John was born, Zachariah's tongue was loosened and he regained the ability to speak. And as people had heard Elizabeth saying his name was John and everyone was perplexed because no one was named John in their family, he had written John on the plate. And with that, he could speak. And Zechariah knew that his son would be John and would do great things for God. To the point that he praised God. He wrote a song, just like Mary. Whether we are quick to respond or slow, God moves powerfully in us and we praise him. And as Zechariah and Mary did, they wrote songs that we recite 
and allow us to be able to receive the invitation to God to join him in his history, to join him in his saving work for other people so that they can come and believe in Jesus and follow him. Now imagine we're back in the throne room and we're reflecting back at all that God has been doing. And we're sitting there and we see the brilliance. It's almost like a sunrise across a lake. It's so bright that you can't look at it. And then the waves are rippling with the brilliance of the sun rays that we can't even look at the, the top of the water. And we're looking away. But here we are standing in God's throne room. And somehow God has given us the ability to stand and look in the glory and radiance without having to turn away. And we hear, holy, holy, holy. And then going back and forth with, Go and tell, go and tell, holy, holy, holy. Go and tell, holy, holy, holy. Go and tell. And the Lord says, okay, now go to Joseph. And while Joseph was sleeping, an angel appeared to him in a dream. And he said to him, do not divorce this child. Yes, Mary is a virgin, but she has God's son ready to be born into the world. Emmanuel, God with us. Adopt him as your own child and raise him Joseph. And Joseph wakes up from the dream and he does exactly what God said. He goes to Mary and they have the baby Jesus. When we respond to God's invitation to be used by him, he does extraordinary things. And in Joseph's case, not only did he respond in faith, but he learned to listen to God's voice to the point that Four times God spoke to him through dreams. And then the next three dreams happened with angels coming to him. The second one was when he was sound asleep and Herod had issued orders to kill baby Jesus. And the angel came to Joseph. And in the second time, he said to him, go, flee to Egypt. And Joseph woke up and got married and they left to Egypt to wait while King Herod lived and carried out his ruthless rule to kill the babies in Bethlehem. And then years later, Joseph heard from God again. He was sleeping and an angel came and said, Now go back to Israel. Herod has died. So he packed up his family and he's heading back to Israel. And on the way, he had another dream. And God said, Wait, take a detour and go to Nazareth. Go there so that Jesus will be known as a Nazarene. When we respond to God... We have our hearts more aflame by his Holy Spirit and our ears more tuned to his voice. We start to see the steps that Jesus puts before us and we can actively follow him with sincerity, with hope and trust, knowing that he provides the truth for our lives. Holy, holy, go and tell. This time the angels were sent. Actually, one of the angels was sent to a group of people who had the night shift. There were a class of people that were probably outside most social circles. An angel went to a group of shepherds who were recounting stories like, remember when that one sheep got lost and went astray? And the other shepherds are saying, don't you know how much sheep hate to be sheared? And the angel appeared and said, don't be afraid. Today a Savior has been born. He is wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then many angels joined the one angel and they showed up praising God 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to all men on whom his favor rests. The shepherds were blown away, and they went right away to go and see this baby child laying on hay in a manger, surrounded by animals. When they saw God's child, they went away and told other people what happened. They were like the first evangelists that had tended sheep, and now they're telling the world that Jesus is here, the Messiah, Emmanuel, the Savior. But not everyone responded favorably to Jesus. The account with King Herod, we see some didn't respond at all. Herod was tending court, and a group of visiting dignitaries came one day. They were wise men from the east, and they came to Herod, and they said, where is the king of the Jews that has been born? Herod was like scared. He's like, what do you mean a king of the Jews has been born? And he calls his cabinet and he says, hey, search the Jewish scriptures and tell me about this, this baby that would be born to become king of the Jews. And the cabinet members go and they come back and they say to the king, yes, it says in their prophecy that a king will be born in Bethlehem. They just kind of report like they had done a history project and they were citing their sources. They weren't excited that Jesus was being born. They weren't excited that God had come to be human and be the Messiah and the Savior of the world. They just were like, King Herod, here's the facts, big deal. But Herod was gripped with fear. He said to the wise men, go, go to the child and then come back and tell me where he is so I can give tribute to him as king of the Jews. And then the wise men left and they found the baby Jesus and they bent down and they gave all the gifts they had brought with them and they bowed down and worshiped this God child and they praised the Lord of the heavenlies and the universe and they went home a different way. When Herod found out that they did not come back to report exactly where Jesus was born, his fear turned into rage and he sent orders to have all the boys, two years and younger, be killed in Bethlehem. Sometimes people ignore God and his invitation. Other times they get mad and they get hard-hearted and they do ruthless things. Like King Herod became a murderer and killed all those babies. God is present. He's active and he's here. He's inviting us to know him, follow him, and be loved by him. To trust Jesus as his son. Some of us respond quickly. Some slowly. Some don't respond at all. And some respond adversely. Maybe you responded quickly. Maybe you grew up in the church. You were young like Mary. And you were at a retreat and the pastor said, you know, you can come and follow Jesus too. All you have to do is ask him for forgiveness of your sins and then trust him for the forgiveness and believe that he's granted your forgiveness and follow Jesus. He extends his love and grace for anyone and everyone. Maybe you were like me and you're a little slow to follow Jesus and accept his invitation to believe. You grew up in the church and you still had questions and more questions and more questions and it took a while. But then the day comes when you surrender your life 
and say, God, I want to be in your family. I want to have faith like Zechariah. I want to be able to be filled with thanksgiving and praise. And I want to be like Elizabeth to be able to encourage others. But you may be wondering, well, how do we respond to our family and friends who might not want to respond to Jesus? Might not be open to God's invitation. They just are neutral. They're apathetic. Oh, it's Christmas. Oh, people go to church. That's your thing. We can pray for them. We can pray that this time, this moment, God will reveal that he is present in their lives and that he will open up their hearts and their souls so that they can receive Jesus for the first time this Christmas. And what do you do about the people that are hostile to Jesus, to God, to the gospel? We can love them as we've been loved Spend time with them, encourage them, invite them to share their pain, their fears, their worries, gloat about their successes, their victories, their pride. By taking time to be with them, maybe God is using us to show he is present with them. And maybe their anger will soften over time. And they'll be open to receiving Jesus a first time. I don't know if you've finished your Christmas shopping or you still have gifts to buy. I don't know if you like to wrap your presents or leave them unwrapped. But I hope there will not be stress in your Christmas season this year. I hope this year you'll be filled with more joy and hope and peace. And I hope that we all can be like God giving us a gift in his son Jesus, not wanting to return it, not asking for a gift receipt, but instead picking up baby Jesus as if it was the first time, saying, we adore you, Emmanuel, God with us. May we respond with love, care, and hope with anyone and everyone we meet so that we can be like the angels, to go and tell. We can be excited like the shepherds, to see and come back and report. It's true. There's been a baby born. It's God's son. It's Jesus. It's the Savior. It's the Messiah of the world. May the Lord bless us. Amen. Next week, we will continue Advent, the fourth Sunday. We will continue with our fourth part of Unwrapped. And we want to invite you back. And we hope you'll worship with us online or in person. We have a service at 9 o'clock and 10.30 at Bethany Covenant Church. And then we'd love for you to prepare for Christmas Eve. In fact, we're going to have an in-person service at 7 o'clock on the 23rd inside our building. And then outside our building on the 24th, we will have an outside service at 4 o'clock. And we will be here online as well on the 24th for you to worship on Christmas Eve. May you now go with more of God's love, joy, peace, and hope. Amen.